Hey, Rachel. Hey, Brian. So how was your week? Well, the only way I could describe it is to say I've gone full Grey Gardens out here. Oh, 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 yeah, they're in the Hamptons, right? Yes, yeah, so no, I'm they're, out- they're, they're, no, they're, are they in the Hamptons? They or were in the Hamptons, yes, okay. and so all, and like I'm at my parents' house, so all of my stuff is out here from like all of the different fashionable incarnations of Rachel. <laughs> I, see it's like- <laughs> I see you're wearing, wearing it like an acid-watched Gap <laughs> jeans jacket watch. here <laughs> from the early nineties. I'm wearing juicy couture original pants, like the velour tracksuit pants from the early aughts. And well, you're you're reliving the Rosalind High School experience. I am a bad experience. education really got me into that vibe, and so and now like we're about to be hit by a polar vortex at the end Wait, of the what? week. Yes, what? there's there's a storm coming to the eastern seaboard. In the middle of May, it's going to hit from like North Carolina all the way up through Maine. Snow, storms, everything. You didn't know this? This This is new. Um, So all I can say is bring on the murder hornets. (laughs) This is no. (laughs) The podcast where we shut it down. My name is no. My sign is no. My number is no. You need to let it go. You need to let it go. Need to let it go. Okay, well, we're all going stir crazy. I've been reading a lot of books. Uh, I, unfortunately, I read uh, reread the Plague by Albert Camus. Everyone's was, reading that right now. It it's so exactly, hot. <laughs> it was exactly what you need for this day and age. <laughs> It's shocking. It's shocking. And um, it's all great, except I prefer the plot-driven parts over the 20-page uh, speeches by the priests. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit dreary. What have you been re- Have you been reading? So, yeah. So, last week, um, I mentioned that I was using Stephen Hawking's Brief History of Time as a raised surface on which to put my <laughs> microphone. But I yeah. thought it might be useful in other ways, too. So, I decided <laughs> that I'm going to read, <laughs> <to> read <laughs> So I read it, and I give it a huge nope. Huge Really? Nope. Yes. Really? Yes. It's one of the most famous popular science books of all time. Of all time. I know. I know. Um, and I will say that at first I found it really comforting, you know, to know that we are just these small, insignificant dots orbiting the sun in one of, you know, billions of galaxies in an expanding universe. It just makes everything seem so insignificant. Um, But, you know, he goes through the history of physics and astronomy. Uh, You know, he starts with Copernicus and Galileo, and he goes on to Einstein and all these other leading lights. And it's written in this very, as you said, pop science conversational style with lots of exclamation points. And it's basically like, we thought this, but then this guy came along and it's always, always a guy. And now we know that it's really like that. So, you know, that's all nice, well and good to see these advances in science laid out um, in plain English. But then I stumbled on a passage that stopped me dead in my tracks and made me want to vomit and scream. (laughs) That takes a lot because you vomit and scream about a lot of things. A lot of things, but this, yeah, right. I know the bar is low. Um, In in chapter six, it's called Black Holes. 
Um, Stephen Hawking writes about evidence of a black hole orbiting a star called Cygnus X1. And out of nowhere, he has this random aside about how he bet this other theoretical physicist named Kip Thorne of the University of the California Institute of Technology. He bet him that Cygnus X1 did not, in fact, orbit a black hole. And Hawking lost the bet, and he reveals that he had to buy Kip Thorne a year's subscription to Penthouse Magazine, (laughs) quote... To the outrage of Kip's liberated wife. And like, it's just like, no, Stephen Hawking, no. And then he includes next to a diagram of the black hole, because this is the illustrated version that my dad has at, at my parents' house. It's a photograph of like the handwritten contract between him and Kip Thorne, which is just, it's just so out of place in this book about the universe. Like, why, why? He's a big fan of black holes. I mean, it's a very popular category on Pornhub. (laughs) So, So there's that. So there's just like the casual sexism. And then there's this title of the next chapter that is appalling. A few pages after this whole Penthouse magazine thing, uh, chapter seven is called Black Holes Ain't So Black. Okay. Let me again just say, with the black look, hole. Wait, look, again with the black hole. And I know, like Stephen Hawking was a Cambridge professor and like theoretical physicist. He never used the word ain't in his life. And he was trying to create this like funny double entendre, but it was just like weird and offensive and out of place. Yeah. And like he's like later in the chapter talking about these primordial black holes that were created in the early stages of the universe. And he's saying that there's proof of them because they're emitting x-rays and gamma rays off the event horizon whatever the fuck that is don't even ask it's way over my head but then (laughs) but then you studied science i did but not this kind of science (laughs) wait i'm waiting to this all seems like pretty i mean maybe i'm biased or i'm oblivious to the bias in this but like sounds like pretty straightforward astronomical particle i'm getting to to it so Okay. okay so He says that because these primordial black holes emit radiation, such holes hardly deserve the epithet black. They really are white hot. Uh, why why is that an epithet like that's just uh, ha- like that's just well, beyond okay it was a different time 1988 <laughs> maybe like maybe no, no, he's no, no, referring no, to something else like i i don't know but it just to me it really struck me as like just the general casual sexism casual racism that people were just allowed yeah, to like the heart of darkness heart right. of darkness <laughs> great example of non-racist right. use of darkness as a metaphor yes yes so Stephen okay, Hawking that's enough, no that's no literary so what I've been I've been obsessed did you see this uh Trump went to the factory in Arizona the like uh what was a Honeywell factory or a Honeywell factory where they're producing masks yes I did see right. this Right. So the first thing, this wasn't even the big thing. The thing that struck me is that he's wearing no mask where they're making masks, but he's wearing goggles. So (laughs) who's gonna tell like (laughs) Well, there's so many questions here. Does he not know the difference between goggles and a mask? Does he think that COVID is transmitted through eye contact? He breathes through his (laughs) eyes, maybe. I have no idea. But that was um that was a yup compared to so 
apparently there's always playlists. I guess at campaign rallies, all the candidates have playlists and it's very important to them and they have tastes and sometimes it reflects the candidate's taste and sometimes it's just some like rogue event manager who handles it and then you get weird outcomes. So but this isn't is, a campaign event, right? Like this no, is well, like, everything's a campaign right, event. Right, for him, for everything's so guess, a campaign event. I right. guess this was blaring over the factory speakers distracting the workers perhaps so here was uh, they released here's what was on the playlist and we got to do a spotify playlist <laughs> nope spotify playlist so um the uh there's the expected ones god bless the usa that's the at least i'm born right. in america lee greenwood right then eye of the tiger which you would expect then tiny dancer by Elton John. He loves Elton John. He loves Rocket Man. He loves Elton John. I I suspect he doesn't know he's gay. Then Live and Let Die, perfect for a COVID safety trip. That's what was playing through like most of the like actual heart of the visit because I saw a clip and I was like, holy shit, is that like the Guns N' Roses version <laughs> of Paul was McCartney's? It the Guns N' Roses yes. version? Yes, oh, worse. That's worse. Was it like the was it like the chill part, or was it the like no, like the like, like let's go into war? Yes, like, it was that. <laughs> okay, but then they chilled out with House of the Rising Sun. I don't know where that came from. It's a good song, and if if that sounded random, they closed it out with Gloria by Laura Branigan. Gloria. Laura- you know, you know, that's like originally an Italian song by an artist named Umberto Tosi. Wait, did you just know that? <laughs> so, Wait, where did that come from? Because I love that song by Laura Branigan, and I was once playing it at our friend's the Ezrati's house, and my friend Jason Ezrati was like, do you know this is originally an Italian song by Umberto Tosi? And then we started playing that version, and then I became totally obsessed with it it's actually i think really for great. some reason i have it in my head that my grandma annie uh knew like laura Branigan's grandmother um, really yeah which i find unlikely because Branigan sounds irish and i don't think my grandma annie knew any non-jewish people um but uh oh no 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 no, no. it was melissa manchester which was <laughs> that is very different. <laughs> no, she did. You should hear how he talks about you. Okay, this yeah. has gone so. This is supposed to be just a We're little so bad off section the rails. The <laughs> this is this is what it's come to. Can we talk about murder hornets? <laughs> yes, yes. Let's talk about the murder hornets. Okay, so somehow these murder hornets came from Asia on a shipping container, is what people think, because they can't fly on their own all the way from there to here. They made it to Washington State, which has enough problems of its own already. It's like the entry, the port of entry for all bad things. For all plagues, yes. (laughs) Oh, and and now we're going to have hail, I just realized. We're going to have have hail, yes. This is Passover. We are living Passover, yes. This is a story of survival and endurance. And 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 apparently there's a locust plague um, in Africa now, too. There is, yeah, it's terrible. Um, So anyway, so these murder hornets are wreaking havoc on bee populations. They're murdering bees, and it's very, very bad. Um, So murder hornets, they have these jaws that are shaped like spiked shark fins that are used 
to wipe out an entire honeybee hive in a matter of hours. They decapitate the bees and fly away with the thoraxes to feed their young. So this is like that really a exce- violent. That mur- seems excessive. Yeah, <laughs> and like, that's like this is like the Hannibal Lecter or the, or the of like, hornets. Yes, they don't. They don't just like little sting and run. No, they, they, carve you they, up. They don't. Yes. <laughs> And take a piece home. It's, but they only take the fillet. The thorax yeah, is the yes. good part. <laughs> so, right. So for um, larger targets like humans or other animals, the the potent venom and stinger, is it's long enough to puncture a beekeeping suit. So nobody's safe from this. No, nobody's safe. And it's an excruciating combination. Victims have likened it to hot metal driving into their skin. So, oh, yes. Delightful. So, so entomologists in Washington state are on the hunt for murder hornets so they don't propagate and destroy all of our agriculture, which would be terrible. So that's just sort of the background of the murder hornets. But now they are also turning up on TMZ. Wait, what? And I didn't hear that. The gossip are website. Are they attacking the Kardashians? No, they are of their own. TMZ is chronicling the goings oh. on of the murder hornets. Okay, so, that's become the like the center of news. It's like the Pravda. The, <laughs> There's the nobody out control. anymore. So it's like <laughs> they have to focus on the murder hornets. They have the paparazzi. They need to bear, bear, bear witness. To <laughs> yes. So the headline was "Deadly Hornet Massacres Mouse," and the video <laughs> that accompanies Boy. the art. <laughs> Because they can only cover so many like celebrities, you know, going out bike riding without a nobody's mask. going out. Yeah, no, so. they have to. They've they've moved down the animal kingdom <laughs> yes. into the into our winged winged, our winged friends. Mania. <laughs> they are not my friends. Okay, so, so um. So the video that accompanies the article shows a struggle between this one murder hornet and a and a mouse, and of course the mouse loses this battle. And towards the bottom of the article, it says it doesn't. It is unclear if this is in fact a murder hornet. We don't <laughs> we don't know exactly when this clip was shot or where, but it certainly Wait. seems to reflect what the giant bugs are said to do. Ellipsis murder. See, you, have, you have you have one job. Make the caption. Fit the picture. Totally, right? (laughs) This is such a mislead. Like to wait they buried the lead. That should have been right in the in the first paragraph. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Inverted inverted pyramid style. Right. So anyway, so TMZ is chronicling the the goings on of the murder hornets. And then in Japan, um, maybe this is what we should do. In central Japan, instead of seeing these murder hornets as a threat, they see them as a snack. Oh, well, the Japanese, they, they find del- <laughs> high cuisine and all kinds of things that we would turn our nose up at. I know, and but, they're but usually they're, right. They're, they're the smarter ones. Yeah, they eat all kinds of delicious things that we just haven't acquired a taste for. We haven't evolved yet. We, we need to just sort of adopt. They're early adopters of all of these great food trends. <laughs> so the New York Times was reporting that um, the murder hornets, which they call giant sparrow hornets, which is a much nicer name. Oh, that's a good marketing. I wonder if they hired a branding agency <laughs> Come up with that. The same person who made kale happen. <laughs> <laughs> 
so the giant sparrow hornets are considered a delicacy there. And um, the grubs are preserved in jars. They're pan fried. They're steamed with rice to make a savory dish called hebo gohan. And the adults. Do they remove the, do they remove the stingers? Uh, no, no. They um, you- stinger and all. The, the adults can be fried on skewers, stinger and all, um, until the until it becomes light and crunchy, and they leave a warming, tingly sensation when eaten because of the venom. Oh, um, God. Oh, uh, we don't need this. We don't need this. Well, all I know is in Tokyo, they are on the menu at 30 restaurants, so they are coming to... A sushi restaurant near you. Near us. Whenever restaurants open again, that is the only thing that will be on the menu. <laughs> It'll be the novelty. The novelty. Um, well, I have, a, I have a few. First of all, I saw another part of this story, which is that the bees have evolved a defense, although it's a very inefficient one. When a murder hornet comes into their hive, honeybees basically form an orb, a cluster, a human cluster, I guess a bee cluster around them. Around the hornet? Yeah, it swarms it, and then it vibrates, and it vibrates, but it takes like two hours, and eventually the murder hornet just like dies of exhaustion being in this like roly-poly bee thing. The problem is you can only do one at a time, and (laughs) that doesn't seem very efficient if you're being swarmed by murder hornets. It's not scalable. (laughs) <laughs> right, right. Do things that don't scale. So it's like it's an MVP. It's an MVP of a, of, of a of a way to fight them. But then um, here's my thing. I think that if the COVID virus was actually murder hornets, we would have no problems with compliance of the quarantine mm-hmm. because if you went out and if every COVID particle was in fact a murder hornet you would stick your head out once and you would never go out again exactly so i'm not in favor of any of them but at the very least i wish that the covid particles were transformed into murder hornets we're bigger (laughs) we're bigger and had (laughs) visible visible (laughs) okay no murder hornets no more murder hornets no Okay. okay i have a happier topic here okay um, i i have the news on on all background all the time and i attention was brought to this item from the today show i think it was the weekend today show because willie geist was uh that's a guy right that guy yes. willie geist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's friends with yeah. andy cohen oh well <laughs> who isn't <laughs> not not me I not guess. me <laughs> Um, Yeah, I switched from Anderson Cooper, one friend, to Willie Geist. Anyway, so um, I saw this clip. I wasn't watching the show. And he was talking about how, like, Beyonce was supposed to be headlining all these festivals for the summer that are not that are now being canceled. And he utters the following line as a transition. And now we bring you a story about the Beyonce of predicting the future through asparagus. It is because asparagus season right now, right? It is, yes, yes. But what a transition. Like, that, that deserves a Pulitzer. Everyone's just at home. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> no. Beyonce of predicting the future through asparagus. But they delivered the goods because it is a story about Jemima Packington of Bath, England, who is the world's only asparamancer. I guess like a neuromancer, but an asparamancer. And they interview her. She's like this totally cozy British, you know, older middle-aged woman. And she says that every December she makes predictions, like 10 to 15 predictions. And t- sometimes they come true and sometimes they don't. So then they show a clip of her on British television and they go through some predictions with her. 
and she's holding this bundle of asparagus <laughs> <laughs> standing up and there's like a table there and they ask her what is going to be Britain's album of the year and then like in like a spasm she like throws the asparagus <laughs> on the table <laughs> she points to it and she says see right there it's an a so it's adele oh so because oh. it was an A. I mean, here's the thing. If you throw a bundle of asparagus on a table, there's probably going to be an A in there somewhere. Yes. There's probably going to be gonna every be a letter. C. There's not going to be a C. No. <laughs> right. No S's. Probably an A. Probably an X. Probably a Z. Um, but apparently she has a very good track record. She predicted Brexit, Royal Babies, the burst of the Bitcoin bubble, which seems oddly specific. And she... Uh, she unfortunately predicted that Trump will now be reelected, but then he will be re-impeached and booted out of office. Okay. Um, I have a question. Yes. So why, I, I have more. <laughs> so I would think like if the asparagus was the medium through which she was getting these like visions, yes. the visions would be about asparagus. <laughs> <laughs> like how is asparagus season going to be this year? Like, will the price of asparagus go up or down this year? Yes. <laughs> Stay in would... your lane, asparagus. <laughs> if you're going to predict the future, predict the asparagus future. Why would Don't the predict... asparagus know about Adele? <laughs> <laughs> um, hold on. So they asked her, how did she learn that she had this talent? <laughs> she said she was a small girl. <laughs> And one day she was eating asparagus and she predicted something that came true and she didn't remember what it was. And then she realized that she had an old aunt who used to read tea leaves and she's sure that the skill skipped a generation and then sort of laterally shifted from tea to asparagus. How? Again? <laughs> And she says the nicest thing is that once you're done with the asparagus, you can take it home and eat it. So she is not um, – She's she doesn't, like, put it on a pedestal. She, she doesn't waste that. it. She, she eats what she kills. She's snout to tail <laughs> asparagus. So no, Jemima Packington No, of we should not be giving these people any publicity on, like, Willie Geist's show. That's, not, that's nonsense. I realize, like, we're – Starved for anything that's like not COVID related, but like this is beyond the pale. This is yeah, no, okay, no, it's just a nope. absolutely it's a not. Nope. It's a, it's but a, a classic big... no. Nope. This is exactly our, that's, this it's... is like a silly. We used to do a lot of these. We need to get back to the food. Yes, ridiculous yes. nope. Okay, but um, speaking of thirsty for attention, I yeah. think you have other than murder horn is the other topic that's been on the tip of everybody's tongue this week, including ours in endless texts. The Grimes baby. I mean, we've been talking about this forever, Elon we Musk. We predicted and it, and we, we didn't yes. even have asparagus. <laughs> we knew that a baby was coming somehow. Um, <laughs> and they had a baby boy this week. And um, last week we talked about how there was a big rumor on the internet that the baby was going to be named Influenza Musk. Um, but what they wound up choosing is even worse if that's even possible yes, i've seen it i can't i i'm eager to hear you say it because i don't so know. the name is um x a a 12 
Um, is it that a, it's that AE like a diphthong, like, like that Gaelic kind of AE thing. Yeah, right. connected. Yeah. Um, and then so Grimes went on Twitter to explain the name um, X. At first, like people were like, "Really? Is this like a joke? Are they punking us?" But no, that is really the name X A E A twelve. X stands for the unknown variable. She says. As Meanwhile, yes. AE is the elven spelling of AI, <laughs> artificial intelligence, and translates to love in several languages, such as Japanese. Wait, why did you have to have the elven translation of AI? Like, isn't AI weird enough on its own? And yeah. how do we know what the elven translation Tolkien. is? Tolkien. There's like a whole Tolkien dictionary. I bet if we looked it up. That's where okay. she looked it up, I'm sure. Okay, okay. Finally, A12 is the precursor to SR17, our favorite aircraft. She says, what? no what weapons, no defenses, just speed, great in battle, but nonviolent. Okay, I understand how like Elon Musk might have a favorite aircraft. He's like in that business, but why does the couple together have a, have a favorite aircraft it's like they... your song it's like your wedding song it's, it's like wedding aircraft wedding and then why burden your poor child with your bizarro elvish aircraft obsession these are like the <laughs> lunatic rantings of a maniac like what this is ridiculous but so a12 is the precursor to sr17 but why not just name the baby sr17 Oh yeah. Like why why the precursor, oh, right? That would be that would be a bridge too far. You can't just name a kid SR seventeen. A twelve is is at least <laughs> somewhat normal. Okay, so but like that wasn't enough. Like so she posts this whole thing on Twitter and then Elon Musk jumps in to mansplain Grimes's explanation of the baby name. So okay. he goes on Twitter and he says Actually, it's not SR-17. It's an SR-71 Blackbird. So she got it flipped instead oh, of 17. So she's, so she's a dyslexic savant. Then. Yeah. So I am concerned like that they are going to break up over this. How many? He has five kids already. How many wives or baby mamas has he been through? I think he only has kids with one other person. Oh, okay. That's noble of him. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I'm surprised that he and Grime didn't they break up for a while? Why are we gossiping about these idiots? These morons? I don't know, but all I will say um, is that the I've seen the picture of the baby, and the baby is beautiful. This is like all a beautiful babies chi- are beautiful. No, I this mean. child is like so cute. So, Mazel to Grimes and Elon yeah, Musk. But, nope. And wait till you hear the rest of this story because okay. I have more of Elon Musk Grimes okay. items. So as I said, he has uh, he has a big family. Now it's the sixth kid coming in. So what do you ha- do when you have kids? You up upsize your residence to have room for them all to run around. So he already has big homes and he put his two Bel Air mansions on the market this week. One of them is a six bedroom, 11 bath, 16,000 foot mansion. And he listed it for $30 million, even though Zillow says it's only worth $20 million. Well, he needs a bigger place. I mean, that's clearly. what I'm saying. He's going to move up. Right. And then the other one, it's across the street. And it's more modest. It's only a 2,700 square foot ranch. But the thing with this is that it used to belong to Gene Wilder. And when he's selling it, <laughs> yes, Willy Wonka, <laughs> young Frankenstein. One, the one stipulation is that, quote, it cannot be torn down or lose any its soul. Sick. Um, cannot lose any its soul. So 
I have so many questions. Did he buy the house across the street so that he could also buy the Gene Wilder mansion? Like, and what is his affinity for Gene Wilder out of all the actors or celebrity houses you could buy in LA? Why Gene Wilder? I don't know. That You're is speechless. That is a question that is for the simulation to so answer. Then, then you may ask, where is he moving? What larger house is he moving into? He answered that on Twitter uh, this week when he said, I will be selling almost all physical possessions and will own no house as he seeks to devote his life, quote, to Mars and Earth. Don't need the cash. Possession just weigh you down. Easy for you to say, motherfucker. Easy for you Uh, when you were a multi-billionaire. Multi-billionaire. Where will the baby live if he's (laughs) not? Doesn't matter. (laughs) The baby has to live with the credo of its parents. (laughs) I doubt they're going to be like camping out alongside. No, they're going to go in orbit. They're going to just like live in in space. They well, he's oh, he says he's dedicating his life to. To Mars. Mars. Maybe he has an undisclosed like bunker in Mars that he has a secret plan to go up <laughs> I to. I think that has to be what it is. That's why he's uh it's it's a real estate play. That's why he's putting so much money. And then you remember that story with Azalea Banks where like they locked her in They the locked outcome? her in like the vestibule of the home <laughs> while like Elon Musk was like high on LSD or something. But I wonder, is she still locked in there? Like when they sell the house, are they gonna open Does she up the come door with it? That's right. Are they gonna <laughs> Azalea does not convey. Like, are they going to find Azalea Banks in the in the vestibule? Maybe. No. So all of this, I, I I think we've reached peak Elon Musk, both in life. Oh, oh, I have one more thing about him. I, I guess we'll have reached him in a moment. So mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Grimes is not the only one who is enthralled with the mystique of Musk. Uh, Tom Cruise, known for being incredibly sane. Um, has announced that he is going to co- collaborate with Elon Musk and SpaceX to make an action-adventure movie in space. Um, and at first, this was just a rumor reported by Deadline. But then NASA Administrator Jim Bridenstine confirmed it on Twitter. He said, NASA is excited to work with that Tom Cruise on a film aboard the at space station. We need popular media to inspire a new generation of engineers and scientists to make at NASA's ambitious plans a reality. Oh my the god! Thing is kids don't give a fuck about Tom Cruise? No, in space. but you know who He's does? Like, oh. You know who does? Donald Trump. <laughs> and you it's going to be care, yeah. <laughs> you know what kids care about? Grimes. Grimes. Yeah. Yes. Put her on the International Space Station. Also, the International Space Station does not belong to us. It basically belongs to Russia because they're the only ones who could fly anyone up there. So it's not like we have a lot of say as to like who gets a filming permit. Right. There. Right. So it's absolute nonsense. This is just a like bizarre orbit of insanity well tom cruise loves doing his own stunts he's like you know he he jumped off like the burj khalifa yes and actually i have a personal anecdote about tom cruise (laughs) like when (laughs) when i was overseeing film partnerships at twitter um mission impossible rogue nation came out and i was talking to paramount about like what to do to promote the film and they actually had this idea that Tom Cruise would jump out of a plane <laughs> and land on the roof of Twitter's San Francisco headquarters. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, like, let's do it. Like, if he wants to do that, like, far be it Wait, from Wait, that me. was his, his people or your that people? Was, that was Paramount 
Powermount pictures. That that was their idea. And I was like, yeah, like we'll make it happen. Sure. Like if he Tom Cruise <laughs> we'll wants provide, to- <laughs> you provide Tom Cruise and the parachute, we'll provide the roof. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and um we so we were planning it and ultimately his personal publicist was like, Fuck no, we're not doing this. Are you insane? <laughs> I was like, Hey, it was not my idea. <laughs> like I'm just <laughs> okay. Nope, shut it down. No. Shut down all these insaniacs, Elon yes. Musk, Grimes, Tom Cruise. No. no. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna talk about uh George Conway, but we're running really long on time. I and I know what you're gonna talk about next, and I really want to talk about that. So why don't you do uh So we're skipping okay yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, I was gonna talk about the whole moon face thing, but I'm not going Which to. is just so vile. Okay. Let's we let's move on to something else that's vile. So um I wanna talk about Alex Jones. Um you remember he's that insaniac host of InfoWars. He was banned from Twitter. He was harassing Sandy Hook families. He's a huge conspiracy theorist and just like a, a vile a asshole. He's he's horrific. Um he's like a huge nope. Um, well, so some people, there's a meat shortage and Wendy's is now like in one in five of Wendy's establishments. They don't have enough meat to have burgers. And uh, I joined a CSA because I want to support local agriculture and we're getting like some local meats from local farms. But um, Alex Jones uh, has different plans. He is ready to go full on cannibal and eat his neighbors. He said this on his show this week. Um, I mean, I, I think we should just insert <laughs> the clip because I could I could interpret it myself, but it's, let, it, okay. let it speak You'll for itself. You'll send it to me. I'll try to cut it in here. I'll admit it. I will eat my neighbors. I'm not letting my kids die. I'll, I'm just going to be honest. My superpowers being honest, I've extrapolated this out, and I won't have to for a few years since I got food and stuff, but I'm literally looking at my neighbors now and going, am I ready to hang them up and gut them and skin them and chop them up? And you know what? I'm ready. My daughters aren't starving to death. I'll eat my neighbors. See, my superpowers being honest, I'll eat your ass. Okay. So Alex Jones says, <laughs> I'll eat your ass and I'll eat your... and." That's, an, yeah. that's another popular, ca- I want that's another the, popular category on Pornhub. <laughs> on Pornhub. I want the globalists to know I will eat your ass first. Okay, so he he lives in Austin, Texas, and he's looking for his neighbors. So if we have any listeners in Austin, I think you should make sure that you do not live no, next door hide to children. Alex Jones. Hide your wife. Hide your if, if he's not a registered <laughs> sex offender, he should be like on the like most likely to become a registered sex offender. Or a registered cannibal, cannibal <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I this mean, is one where I could I see don't... him actually suing us because we say all kinds of slanderous things uh, on here. But um, so Alex Jones, no. you are vile in every possible way. However, I have no basis to say that you are actually a sex offender, but you do seem like the kind of person who would be. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's nobody more vile, more insane, more deserving of a violent cannibalistic <laughs> death than this man. He's profiting off of fake COVID cures, gaslighting Sandy Hook families, but he can't afford to join a CSA and is basically threatening to eat his own next door neighbors. Can we just shut him down? Fuck this Let's guy. We don't no. have a lot else to say about him. Just shut him down, please. Nope. Absolutely no. not. Okay. No, Alex Jones. No. Okay. Um, 
Wow. Um, you know, I got the, uh, we're wrapping it up here, but I got, um, I get these little random podcast services that tell you like when you're going up in the ratings and down and when you got new reviews and it's always so encouraging. And this week I got a interesting one. I didn't tell you about this. I found that we are surging in the charts. We're the fastest moving up like with a bullet uh, in South Korea among comedy podcasts in South Korea. Wow. We are the fastest growing comedy podcast in South Korea. That's huge. Yes, we went from one listener to three, probably. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, well, I'll take small all blessings. I can get blessings. Yeah. <laughs> That's what. But it's we about need. Right we now. need that. We need the reviews. We need the subscriptions. We don't. We you know. You don't ask. You don't get. We got to just mention that we we love hearing from. Yeah, you. just if you like this podcast, just write us a review. Give us some feedback. Um, tweet at us. Call us. <laughs> we, Don't pick up. <laughs> house party with us. Zoom us. Zoom poker with us. Okay. Um, if you didn't like the notes, okay. you're going to love the ups. These are the little rays of light, the little beacons of hope that got us through the week. Rachel, you want to go first? Yeah. So um, I'm, I'm just going to like give it up for seafood. Oh, okay. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> like, very broad. I feel like we are living. <laughs> Let's give it up we for food. Living... <laughs> In this world of just being homebound and, you know, hiding, being afraid of going out, and we should avail ourselves to the simple delights of fresh seafood. Um, I went this week to my local fishmonger and got fresh salmon steaks and we grilled them and it was just one of the most pleasant dining experiences since this whole monstrosity began. So... Um, I was just like, seafood, it's where it's at, you know? And, and of course, I'm not the only one. A day after I had this transcendent experience, Pete Wells had a story in the New York Times about how all these people are trying new types of fish at home, and all these fish distributors are making up for lost restaurant business by selling to regular consumers, which is so great. So support your local fishmonger if you can. You will not regret it. Um, seafood is is fabulous and, and delightful in most places. If, if you buy wisely, many yes. of the, maybe of our favorite species are abundant. Some are not. Um, okay, yes. I have much simpler taste, but I have a culinary one as well. I'm giving my yup to sauerkraut. I was, um, I, I was, I ate, my family ate sauerkraut. I think they still do. They like it. Um, I was sort of never one way or the other, but then I started reading about the fermented food craze with the kimchi and all of that. And I realized they kept talking about sauerkraut and I said, well, I guess I kind of like sauerkraut and Doug hates it. He won't, he'll barely let it in the house. So I was in like the bodega and they had one of those little like plastic, like wet bags of sauerkraut. So I said, why the hell not? Let me bring this home. What a delight. It goes with everything. (laughs) (laughs) What a delight this is. It's cheered up my entire quarantine week. I had it with, uh, it's not just for hot dogs or wieners or brats. I had it with tacos the other night. Um, Sauerkraut tacos. Like it's agnostic. It'll go with everything. Very versatile. This is the difference between existing and living. <laughs> this sauerkraut. <laughs> this is living. 
If I can get just one listener to give sauerkraut a second try, because everyone's tried it. It will have all been worth <laughs> Everyone's tried it. It's really about giving it a second try. Okay. Yeah. Give it a well, second look. that's what look. I did. It rose okay. from the ashes like Lazarus, the, the sauerkraut of Lazarus. And go have some asparagus this week. Terrible week, but it will get better. Have some asparagus. Have some seafood. Have some if, sauerkraut. We don't know when this whole thing is going to end, but do us a favor. If you get some asparagus and if it tells you the future, let us know. We'll talk about it. Let us know. Let us know who's going to win the, the Grammy. The Grammy. The, 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 the Fiona BAFTA, Apple. It'll the be BAFTA. an F. Okay. <laughs> We're just <laughs> driveling on here. Okay. Uh, this has been a terrible okay. week, but it has been strangely fun to do this podcast. Thank you for listening. This has been Nope. The podcast where we shut it down. 